It's Monday the 4th of January. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by Shane Lee. Shano, a nice healthy start to the new year for both of us, huh? Mate, I've had three very healthy days, mate. I feel fantastic, and uh, 2021 is going to be a great year, mate. Eating alfalfa and drinking uh, grapefruit juice has just been <laughs> sensational. On the show today, Brenton Speed will join us, of course, and talk the world game. So much going on. And Johnny Stephenson is here. The boxing has started for 2021. It's a cracking show. Let's get going. Afternoon sport, Shane Lee. Will Pekofsky, will he or won't he? What are your thoughts? Mate, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I think um, Warner will definitely open, and I think they'll stick with way at the top of the top of the order. I don't think they want to make two changes um, for this test match. And I think Green did enough to hold his spot down there at number six. So, yeah, I think uh, I think Head might just survive this, this call, but... Uh, this will be his last test, otherwise he's under a bit, bit of pressure as well. If he doesn't get runs, yeah, that, that's interesting because yeah. a lot of people have uh, got his head on the chopping block, so to speak. What about David Warner? Is it too big a risk? Uh, look, by his own admission, he'll only be 80% fit. Look, I, I think it's a massive risk for him personally, but the Australian cricket team need him. And, uh, you know, David Warner has copped a lot of criticism over, over the years and, and some of it um, probably deserved it. But uh, you know, him coming back, putting his career at his age um, – at risk is, is a big effort for Australia, and um, I think he should be commended for that. A quick look at uh, the Big Bash before we look at the whole drama with COVID and test matches and where they're going to be played. Uh, the Thunder. What about the Thunder? Callum Ferguson, he's uh, drinking from the well of youth. Mate, he is. He's playing really, really well, and the Sixers, of course, mate, are, um, are doing it really easy. So the, both Sydney teams are playing really, really well. Um, the, the game last night when the Sixers took on the Strikers, the Sixers just cruised, chasing 150. Um, they did it three down. Philippi, unbelievable, with 41 of only 23 balls. Vince, 45. Um, Silk, 38. And um, all, all in the face of Rashid Khan taking three for 18. He is the best spinner in the world in 2020 cricket. Bar none. It's amazing when he came in last night. He just changed the context for that time. I know it was probably the game was gone pretty much because the boys had done so well at the start. And just by the way, for those that are going to be critical of me, the, the well of youth is just next to the fountain of youth. So they're just next to each other. <laughs> so that, that's what happened there. What, 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 do you, what do you make of this whole thing with uh, Queensland? The Indians are sick of being in bubbles. Uh, Queensland said, if you don't want to play by the rules, well, don't come. There's thoughts of a second test in Sydney. I can honestly, without sitting on the fence, I can see both sides of this. I can see why India are probably a little bit annoyed at this point. I can see why Queensland want to try and stick by their rules because they've got the rules for the rest of the country. India do not want to go into a, a, a full um, lockdown situation. Um, they understand that towards the end of their tour, the, the, the players are fatigued. Um, and I have I have good intel inside of um, Gladys's uh, office, mate. That um, Sydney are preparing for a, for a second Sydney test. Um, you've heard it here in afternoon sport um, that Sydney, I, I believe, will get two tests in a row. And um, this might be a little bit of a shot back over the bow to uh, to the Queensland Premier for uh, locking us out for a while. Yeah, well, I mean. Not going to get political, but uh, yeah, that, that that wouldn't bother me at all if we had two test matches in Sydney. It is, no. is arguably the best cricket ground in the world. And um, yeah, the, there doesn't seem to be a lot of COVID about. So that would be interesting to see if that happened. Now, the New Zealand Warriors were one of those teams that really made some sacrifices in, in 2020 in the Rugby League. They've already arrived in Australia. Mate, they have. And they're, they're going to be here to a minimum um, April 4, I believe. It's funny now, I, I really think that... Um, 
sport with the whole, all this new COVID regulation, sport's almost becoming like a military service in a lot of ways. Now, I don't want to take it away from, from the military. They, they do a wonderful job and the, and the sportsmen are putting their lives at risk. But, you know, they're really giving, giving up a lot um, to be away from their family. And yeah, you're going to see this again um, from the Warriors who are going to be pretty much out here most of the pre-season and then all of the summer, yeah. or the winter, I should say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we've got so much coming up on the show. I know you've got to get on the phone to Gladys's office and your man. And, uh, <laughs> well, let's get going. <laughs> Well, what a way to get the new year underway. And uh, this talent, John Stephenson, Ryan Garcia. Look, a lot of people looked at this guy and said, has he got it? Hasn't he? Some now are saying Oscar De La Hoya. He's got it all, Tim. And happy new year to you and Shane, too. What a way to start the year. You know I love my boxing and uh, and a super fight. Ryan Garcia versus Luke Campbell. Now, we all know Luke Campbell's Olympic gold medalist. A great fighter fought the pound-for-pound, well, what people build as a pound-for-pound champ, Vasily Lomachenko in his, in his last fight, was now taking on Ryan Garcia. Everybody thought this was going to be a test for Ryan, and it sure was. He was knocked down in the second, um, but then he battled on the fourth and, and landed a beautiful body shot in the seventh to, uh, to, to, to get a TKO win against, against Luke. Now, uh, a lot of, like you did mention, he's a very good-looking guy, Ryan. He's a bit of a social media sensation. That's what people thought he was. Oh, he, that's all he was, was a social media sensation who could box a little bit. But today he proved he had all the skill um, he had all the power and he managed to manage to get the stoppage in. Uh, how good was it seeing, you know, Canelo Alvarez uh, walk him out, uh, who I think is the pound for pound, the greatest boxer at the moment. So, um, look, he's, he's really built himself to be a superstar and they're really backing him, backing him in a golden boy. Golden boy, which, which Oscar De La Hoya does own. Um, I, I think I'm very happy today after they, they I think t- last year they lost Canelo Alvarez um, as their as their main promotional too, because Canelo entered the zone. So, um, you know, what a great fight it was today, and it was I was actually really happy for Ryan because I think there's nothing better when when a guy lives up to the hype. John, in sport, you always see athletes compared to the greats of the past, um, but it's a pretty lofty comparison when you think of Oscar De La Hoya and what he's achieved in his boxing career. Yeah, but I don't, look, I don't think it's too rich to say that because especially the way he fought. Look, he's. The longest fight he's had has been two rounds. You know what I mean? Today was his longest fight, uh, seven rounds. And I think there was a lot of a lot of questions that hadn't been answered yet with Ryan. And and he answered a lot of them today. And I think who he's training with, I think, you know, iron sharpens iron, training with Canelo. Canelo, it's only Canelo training under Eddie Reynoso. They train out there in Big Bear. Um, you know, it's it's... It, it, it was great to see uh, it, Ryan face a bit of adversity. I think everybody thought he might have a bit of a glass chin, um, but he got right back up. He took a massive shot. It was a big shot, um, and and he battled on to, like I said, to get the stoppage in the seventh. It was one of the classiest body shots I've seen for a long while. And the kid, the kid can throw him. He's very very fast. Look, if you get a chance, get onto his Instagram page because he's always posting on there. It's, it's a different generation what we're used to with the Mike Tyson's and George Foreman's and how they used to promote themselves. This era is completely different. It's all social media. It's all fashion. It's, I mean, the, the kid's now sponsored by Dolce Gabbana. He, he's, he's, his walkout gear was Dolce Gabbana, which I thought was pretty cool. So it's a different era, but he can fight. John, what about the MMA? Uh, we're not too far away from the UFC starting up again, are we? Yeah, look, Max Holloway's taken on a fighter by the name of Qatar. He's, he look, uh, I, I just, uh, me personally, I don't think it's the greatest cast to start the year. I think Max Holloway is in the September of his career. He's had a lot of mammoth fights um, and taken, you know, and, and I think that, that, that wears you down as a fighter. But look, anyway, it's great. Look, UFC do a great job. They, if, it, if it's not a main card, they've got a fight night every pretty much, I think, lasted out like 50 weeks 
I mean, sorry, in 2019, I think 50 weeks out of 52 weeks, there was a UFC fight night going on, you know, somewhere. So um, they do a great job. And yeah, I think all the UFC fans looking forward to that first fight card uh, come middle of January. Well, let's start talking about the Olympic Games because I, I think not that we were convinced that it was dead set going to go ahead because of everything going with COVID-19, but it looked on track and then this latest strain in uh, around the world has made people get a little bit edgy again. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so sad. I mean, I feel for these young athletes, you know, um, you know, you go through this roller coaster, is it on, is it not on, is it on? And, and then you hear about this new strain and you start to panic. The biggest hope we have is that this vaccine, um, which is out now, eventually, uh, I, I've got a feeling that the IOC um, will put some parameters around the site, sort of similar to the way Rio was, where you almost had a vaccination passport to enter the country to actually get into the village. I think those protocols might be put into place for Tokyo. Um, but never, nevertheless, um, in the world of athletics, you know, there's athletes still competing and still running well, which is great sign for track and field. And it's a great sign for Australia. I mean, young Stuart Maswain just ran down in Tasmania and ran an all-comers uh, uh, mile I mean, three minutes, 50. Now, you put that in perspective, we, we were all marveled uh, and the world stopped to watch Roger Bannister break the four-minute mile. This kid has gone out after having a holiday in Malta um, and having a bit of a break before Christmas and, 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 and has destroyed the Australian mile record and has, and has set a world lead and an all-comers uh, record uh, in, in the mile, uh, which is just which is amazing. I put that in perspective. I, 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 he made the final world championships in Doha in 2019 Um I, I really think this kid can take on the Africans uh, in Tokyo if, if, if the games goes ahead. John, so do you reckon Stewart can win the medal? I, I honestly think look, it's very hard. When you get to a championship, get to a final, I think making a final is, 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 is winning a medal in itself, especially in a blue ribbon event like the 5K, the 1500, the 400, the 100. Um, but, and it's hard when you run against the Africans, Tim, because you know, you've got three Ethiopians, three Kenyans, and that sometimes in the final tactics come into play where, where for them it's just about winning for their country. It's not so much about the individual winning where and we might only have one Australian in that final. And that's where you look at Mo Farah, what he did um, running – essentially on his own and winning the 5K and 10K Olympic Games um, in the last two Olympics is amazing amazing feat, right? So uh, I, I think Stewart, he, he, he's developed this ability. He's got he's got a strength like a plow horse, you know, like he might not have the kick in the last 200, but it, this kid could go out five, 600 metres out in a, in a 5K and really put it to him, you know, and, and I think as an Australian watching that is what's going to, he's giving me shivers actually thinking about it now, um, is what you want to see. It's, it's, it's what our, our great John Landys um, uh, used to do, you know, they used to really give it to him, Herb Elliott, they used to have a crack, you know, and, 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 and Craig Mottram was the last to do it in Helsinki and 2005, you know, he really he threw it to him in the last lap and, and made him chase him down. So um, I, I, I think McSwain's he's better than Mottram, to be honest. And his wow. coach Nick Badeau, his, his coach Nick Badeau said this to me. I remember the very first day I saw Stuart sort of training with Nick Badeau, and he was a, he was like a new foal. He was like Bambi the way he was running because he he hadn't developed that muscle mass around his skeletal. So he's really a very, very lean guy, really, really tall, lean guy. And he sort of runs real light in his feet. And uh, he's now developed into a, into a strong young man. I think this could be his time. Now, we spoke to your good mate, Brad Hawke, not so long ago here on Afternoon Sport. And he, of course, is training Cody Simpson. He also said to us that, look, it's not about Tokyo. This is about another four years' time. What are your thoughts there? Is he, is he going to make it? Oh, you know, knowing Brett, Brett will be saying that to you, but Brett will be telling him everything to give him absolute hell come this Olympic trials. That I'll promise you. 
and 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 uh, I saw a little sneak peek from Brett's Instagram of Cody training, and I saw him throwing up in a bin. So they, I think they, I think they've 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 relished on the pressure. I think they love what the comments they heard of people saying that is, you know, you know, his his time would have got him tenth year or whatever it was that he swam. Um, and I think they're relishing themselves on that. And um, Brett loves a bit of pressure, and he loves being an underdog. He loves proving people wrong. I I got a feeling we'll see something a bit special from Cody. I hope we do because again, for the world, for this, look, let's put it this way. We need people that cross over demographics in these Olympic sports, and Cody does that. I mean, he's a, he's a pop singer. He's a he's a teenage heartthrob, and he's swimming now. That's great for swimming. If I was swimming Australia, I'll be getting well around him. I'd love that for track and field. You know, if that if we if that could happen. But we all know tracks a lot difficult, a lot more difficult than swimming, Tim. <laughs> I actually think I think a, an athletics medal's got to be worth more than a swimming medal, and I, I'm not trying to take anything away from swimming, but you know it's just so different. Yeah, this is a very controversial statement to say, but oh, I, look, I'm an athletics purist, and I, I might I might be a little bit biased, but I, I honestly think you know when if you look in perspective, you know, running and athletics, most disciplines don't discriminate against where you've come from, what your financial background is um, and what you can and can't afford, you know, where if you're a swimmer, you need a pool. If you're a runner, I honestly feel with the knowledge I have, I could train a kid in a park to make an Olympic team. I literally can do that. And that's all I need. I need is open space and I can get this kid to Olympics and I possibly could get them to win the Olympic games. And it's been done in the past. So that's where I look at the whole world gets to run. So you're dealing in a lot bigger pool. When you win a medal, you're winning again, especially in a blue ribbon event like the 100, the 400, the 1500, the 5K, the marathon. You're running or competing against the whole world, literally, you know, that want, that can partake in the sport. And I think that's why, you know, when the Olympics is on, you know, there, there's a lot of emphasis around the track, Olympic flames around the track. And, and, um, and, I mean, if you look at the history of the sport, how the marathon started was in, back in the day, day, day. Um, the, 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 the messenger between the armies and the front line, between the generals and the front line, was that's how the marathon started. They were running in between, back and forth, relaying these messages. And, and, and that's sort of how the marathon sort of was created. So um, it, 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 it uh, I don't. I think it's a little bit controversial for us to say, but I'm in agreement with you, Tim. I think it's to win a track medal in those blue ribbon events, man. You know, you're literally competing against the whole world. Look, I love the decathlon. I absolutely love it. I think most of my generation fell in love with it. With Daly Thompson, and we've got a very good decathlete in the Australian team. <laughs> he was the greatest, wasn't he? I mean, I think we just we loved what Daly Thompson stood for. Just he he just he just stood for never giving up. I mean, there's that famous picture of him at the end of the 1500. All these competitors are lying on the ground. And he's still standing. I think that's just amazing. I think that's why we fell in love with the decathlon. We got the young kid Ash uh, Ash Maloney now, who's um, I mean, wow! Didn't he? He competed two weeks ago um, at in at this like a Australian combined champs and um, and and broke the Australian and Oceania record. Um, put and put in perspective, this kid ran the third fastest four hundred meters in the history of the decathlon. So the history of this decathlon that has been going, he ran the third fastest four hundred meters in 45, 80, 85, which is which is smoking, you know, which is world class. Those, those sort of Times give you huge points in the decathlon. Um, come Tokyo, 
I, I've got a feeling this kid can medal. Like, I really think he can medal. He gets it all right. He definitely can medal. And he's only 20 years of age. So we don't have to worry about father time, whether he's, he's going to be too old or he's going to run out of his peak. I mean, he's he's just starting his peak now. So, um, yeah, I mean, Cedric Dubler was the, was sort of the tent pole, the, the pinnacle in the decathlon over the last couple of years in Australia. And um, and now we've got two. We've got Ash Maloney and we've got, we've got Cedric. So it, it really puts Australian athletics in good stead. And the more medals we can win is great for our funding. And, um, and the more fun you get, we can give back to grassroots and pathways to have other kids represent Australia in the future. Johnny, talk real soon. My pleasure, Timmy. Look forward to talking soon, Shane. Thanks, John. Good on you, mate. Coming up shortly, Brenton Speed, Fox Sports commentator. We look at the world game. Afternoon Sport World, he is Australia's number one commentator because he commentates across all the different sports. His name is Brenton Speed from Fox Sports. How are you, buddy? Good, boys. How are you doing? Very well, Brenton. Uh, let's kick off, mate, uh, the MacArthur team. Mate, they're one win from one loss. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, a lot of people yesterday turned up at Campbelltown Stadium expected them to go two wins out of two because they had that first up triumph over the Wanderers at Bankwest Stadium. That was a terrific performance, a, a one-nil result there. And then they're taking on perennial wooden spooners in recent seasons, mm. the Central Coast Mariners in their home opener at uh, Campbelltown Stadium and the Cowbells. They had 2,000 of them for sale as the fans rocked through the gates <laughs> and they're going to ring out those Cowbells throughout their uh, home games and also in the away fixtures throughout this season. And uh, some fans are a, f- a fan of it, uh, others are not, but we'll see how that uh, fares. And uh, the Mariners came there and played party poopers and got a 2-0 result on the road. And really, throughout the 90 minutes, uh, MacArthur, uh, the Bulls, didn't look like scoring. Mark Berrigetti keeps another clean sheet in goal. So a bit of work to do for Ante Milicic after that performance at home. They get another crack against Wellington this weekend. Yeah, and the Cowbells were very quiet for the Bulls because, uh, yeah, look, that is sport though, isn't it? COVID's playing havoc, isn't it, with the draw, um, with borders shut, this going on, that going on? Yeah, it's a 12-team comp for the first time with MacArthur FC coming in. So Wellington had already relocated to Wollongong. So what you've got is six teams in the state of New South Wales and then another six teams elsewhere in the country. So... A bit of fortune in that. So you're able to split up really into two conferences and play your fixtures that way at the moment. So uh, Perth haven't played a game yet because they had the Asian Champions League in Qatar. They had to come back and quarantine. So they were given some grace. Uh, They don't start until mid-January. So the fixtures are a little bit all over the shop at the moment. But uh, let's hope uh, the border closures on some fronts don't play havoc with the a-League draw going forward and, and those that conference situation can keep the fixtures coming uh, thick and fast and uh, we'll get through this season as intended by the end of June. Brenton, anything else, anything else caught your eye over the last few days? Well, I think everyone's excited in the A-League at the moment um, with the youngsters getting a chance and Alan yeah. Stagic, the Mariners coach, actually said that uh, yesterday that COVID will look down the track as being a blessing for the Australian national team because so many teenagers and uh, youngsters are getting their opportunity in the A-League. And I was lucky enough to go to Wollongong on the Saturday and Callum Neuenhoff made his A-League debut. We saw him in the Champions League in Qatar with Sydney FC catch the eye. So he finally gets to make his first uh, appearance on the domestic stage and he produces a 20-metre screamer into the top corner. Uh, and then Luke Bratton scored another wonderful goal at the other end with 
with a free kick from about 30 metres out. So we're seeing some fabulous goals from Australian players and there's, there's an Olympic team, uh, Olympic berths up for grabs in 2021 as well. So all of these kids under the age of 23 or even 24 now that the age uh, barrier has been lifted that extra year because of the Olympics postponement all have that carrot of trying to play for an Olympic berth. So it's such an exciting A-League season and they're all having a shot at it. Yeah, that is exciting, isn't it? And great to see young Australian talent come through. For for a long time in this country, domestic football slash soccer has tried to find fresh air. We've had, uh, particularly early on, they were driven by nationalities, driven by ethnicity, and it just didn't quite work. The A-League has had some... Some some good wins um, and a bit of change last week. Um, sort of uh, probably needs a little bit of oxygen in the lungs again. Yeah, we've been waiting a while, and the uh, football Australia, as they're known now, uh, the unbundling occurred, and now the owners have the keys to the house, and uh, we'll see what they can do with it. Now it's up to them to to market their respective sides, ensure that the. Uh, the crowd figures rise and obviously they're motivated then by the, the profits that they can uh, execute because all the money comes their way on that front. Uh, and we're going to see some change. Probably won't see it over the next, for another couple of years or so to see how effective it has been. But uh, now the owners have uh, got what they want. So it's time to uh, put up or shut up. Sydney FC, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the, the Sydney team. Um, some big news with Bobo coming back. Absolutely. The other day, they started with uh, Trent Bahaja, who's scored seven goals in 70 A-League appearances, but he's a young man who's finding his form as he showed in the Champions League. And also Costa Barbarousas, who's a little out of form at the moment. That was the front two for Sydney FC. And as, as I mentioned, it was midfielders scoring a couple of bombs that got them across the line against Wellington. So you're bringing in a proven goal scorer in Bobo, the Brazilian, who scored so many in Sky Blue in years gone by. Hasn't really worked for him overseas since he left Australia. So he's happy to cut, come back down under. And uh, you'd expect him probably to come off the bench early on. But mm. um, if Barbarousas can't fire, then maybe Bobo starts alongside Bahaja uh, maybe a month or two down the track. I've got my desert boots on at the moment and my flannel shirt. Very proud uh, Western Sydney Wanderers fan. Uh, a loss to start with, but they they were still pretty good under Carl Robinson. Yeah, Carl Robinson keeps on saying, look, judge me in two months or so because there were a lot of late arrivals. So he's trying to knit it all together. But the recruitment drive that he pulled off uh, put a few noses out of joint in the last few weeks of the off-season, getting uh, Bernie Abini from... Newcastle getting James Troisi from Adelaide United and Ziggy Gordon from the Mariners. Uh, so once he can bed things down, you'd say after that recruitment that this team will play good football under Carl Robinson, who was so impressive as the Jets coach last season. And uh, what do you know? His first away game this uh, yeah. weekend is away to Newcastle. So uh, <laughs> that's going to be interesting and headline-making when Carl Robinson and Bernie Abini return in Wanderers' colours to take on the Jets. Brendan, a huge weekend in the EPL um, and a big match coming up tonight. Yeah, massive weekend. Uh, Manchester United are now joint top with Liverpool. I only trail them on goal difference and Liverpool get the chance to go clear again tomorrow morning against Southampton. That's a tough uh, fixture for them, though. The Saints are playing wonderful football, but... Manchester United got that 2-1 win courtesy of a, a somewhat controversial penalty earned by Paul Pogba. And this morning, overnight, Chelsea got destroyed. It wasn't that long ago 
that they were on the top of the uh, Premier League ladder, but Manchester City went to Stamford Bridge and scored three goals in the first half and could have scored a stack more as well. So uh, Frank Lampard is under pressure all of a sudden, a bit of a golden boy of English football and Chelsea, and his team has now slumped to eighth on the ladder, I think it is. And Manchester City suddenly look like a challenger again. If they can win their games in hand, suddenly they'll be breathing down the necks of uh, Manchester United and Liverpool. So it looks like a, a thrilling title race coming up there. Yeah, plenty happening in the world game. Brenton, always good to catch up. Of course, we'll listen to your dulcet tones on Fox Sports. Good stuff, boys. On you, Brenton. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes out to John Stephenson and Brenton Speed. Thanks to our wonderful sponsors, Spartan Sports, and their website is, of course, Shana. SpartanSportsHQ.com. And, of course, our producer, Dan McHugh. Well, he is to podcast what Dane Melly Melba was to opera. (laughs) That is our podcast for today. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you then.